Hi there! This is the PowerPoint Tribe, where our vibe is faith and our food is the Word. Prepare to be strengthened and encouraged through the teachings of God's Word and the ministry of the Spirit. Thank you for the privilege of access to you. Thank you because we have the ability to call you Father. You might be God to the whole world, but you're Father to us. You are Daddy to us. And thank you because you now, as the love of God been revealed to, to us, that we should be called the children and the sons of God. We give you thanks and we give you praise. We declare this morning that your word has a free course and is glorified. We declare there's a mighty supply of the spirit of God. We declare that every eye is anointed to see. Every ear is anointed to hear. And every heart is anointed to believe. In the name of Jesus, we receive the ministry of the Spirit of God to manifest and demonstrate himself in ways that he pleases to do. I declare that you speak through my lips, that you think through my mind, that you act through my deeds. In the name of the Lord, we give you all praise and all glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. You can please be seated. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. I want to deliberately celebrate the leadership of this house in the person of Pastor Dami Oguntunde. No, you didn't, you didn't hear me. I, I said we should celebrate Pastor Dami Oguntunde this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, we're still talking yesterday. And um, takes this honor to himself. You can't call yourself into the work. You call yourself do you see? No one can just assume this responsibility. Only God can do that, right? And um, he's a brother, he's a friend, and he's a pastor. He's a man that exemplifies wisdom and balance. A lot of wisdom and balance. And um, I just thank God for his person and the grace of God over his life. Can we one more time celebrate... Pastor Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for your love. We do celebrate you. And of course, too, they wanted to blindfold us on IG. Just giving us, just giving us vibes. I'm like, oh God. Thank God we are married too. If not, we'll just be wondering God when. God when. God when. I mean. And we just celebrate this power couple today. Can we celebrate Lady Abisola Ogunsunde? Hallelujah. Amen. I told Pastor Peace this morning that I still listen to him. I believe one of the most intense and one of the most instructive messages I've listened to that I've heard, and that's the truth, that I've heard actually came from him. Not now, I, I'm not flattering here. I'm telling you the truth. One of the most instructive messages, not that I've heard from him, that I have heard in my life. And, and I hear a lot of messages. I hear quite some. And that's the message of preaching out of Zion in seasons. Jesus Christ. I don't pass on any opportunity to tell him that and to tell as many people as want to hear. If you're wondering what message is that, just go and go to out of Zion SoundCloud, go find it. My goodness, such and it comes with such simplicity. Three things. 
four things, five things. You can't miss it. If you miss Pastor Peace's teaching, either you don't get it. Uh, you, we will need to do deliverance for you. <laughs> and we just want to celebrate you, sir, and for the grace of God over your life. Hallelujah. And of course, my wonderful sister. Sorry I'm taking time to do this. I, I hope my time hasn't started. I haven't started preaching, right? So, um, Pastor Inka, I've missed Pastor Inka, honestly. We've been friends for, I like saying the number of years. We've been friends since 2012, 11, 12, thereabouts. So, over a decade, over a decade of friendship. It's only Pastor Dami that beats that. Over a decade of friendship. And I have seen Pastor Inka evolve. I've seen the, the grace of God over her. I've seen God's manifest presence. You know when the Bible says Joseph was in the house of Pharaoh, of Potiphar, and God was with him even as a slave. That's that presence. You know, I've just seen that in manifestation. And I just want to say we love and appreciate you, ma'am. Thank you so much for all that you do. Hallelujah. Please, let's be seated. I bring greetings from my lovely wife, who is unable to be here um, because she's hosting a miracle. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. All right. I told Pastor Dami that this is just cheating. After 11 series, I mean, you guys, you are serial listeners. <laughs> oh my goodness. You'll be hearing this the 11th installment. This is the. Ah, ah! In, in midweek, uh, what installment are you on? Like 25th installment. My goodness. And it's always fresh. That's the funny thing. You don't say, oh, what do you have? You are bored. You just go on and on. And the uniqueness that all, you know, all the other ministry gifts bring to this, to this series. I mean, it's just marvelous. Pastor Peace did me a favor of summarizing the old teaching. As I listened to it, I said, ah, I'm good. I'm fine. So if you will come with me to 2 Timothy, which is the theme text, if, you could, if I could call it that. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Thank you, Father. 2 Timothy chapter 1. I'll read just to give it some measure of context from verse 3 to verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1 from verse 3 to verse 7. It says, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience, that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, is greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Louise and in your mother Eunice, I am persuaded that in thee also. It says, therefore, I put you to remembrance that thou stirs up the gift of God, which is in you by the putting on of my hands. For you haven't received, for God had not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Can we say verse 7 together? It says, for God had not given us 
the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Can we say that again? For the Lord has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Hallelujah. You shouldn't take pass on any opportunity to declare God's word, right? We take a whole lot of um, opportunities to complain sometimes. It's easier to complain than to sometimes than to give thanks. You, you, you have more opportunities, as it were, to complain. You have to be a, a, a someone of sound mind to look at every opportunity and find opportunity to give thanks and to declare God's word. So he said God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. This was Paul, as we all know, writing to Timothy, his son in the gospel. And um, Timothy was saddled with quite some responsibility. Um, historians let us know that it was about the age of 20, 21, thereabouts, when he was pastoring a 20,000-member efficient church. I want us to sink a bit. He was about 20, 21 years old, and he was pastoring PowerPoint times what? Times 25. Pastoring a 20,000-member church. And so if you read the book of Timothy, if you read Titus 2, you see the same breadth of um, communication there about Paul addressing a number of issues, telling him to do this, you know, telling him not to be, let, not, not to allow people to despise his youth because he was a youth and he was pastoring people who were old enough to be his grandparents, you see. So it was quite a humongous task. And all of that was settled within the context of Nero. If you've ever heard or read about Nero, you will know that Nero was a very wicked king. Persecuted Christians um, for as a sport. He just persecuted Christians for. He, I mean, he would just take you, throw you to to lions, and would just have everybody watch. That was the kind of king that he was in that that they had at the time, and that was why even Paul had to write to him that look, we need to pray for all men, especially for those who are in authority. You see, because they were in a space where things were just happening. You think you are seeing anything in Nigeria? You need to be in the time of Nero. So it means that you could come to a gathering of Christians this Sunday, and then by next week, someone has been fed to the lions. That was a possibility. So everybody's life was threatened one way or the other. That was a good context to know who was a Christian and who was not. You know, you wouldn't need any pastor to tell you to read your Bible. You, you're going to read. You wouldn't need anyone to tell you that you should pray. Your brother, you will pray. Because your life is literally dependent on, on that. So in the midst of this, just like Pastor said about what Mama um, Elton said, right? There was a spirit of fear around in the time. There was that everyone is walking on eggshells. There was that sense of we don't know what is going to happen next. We don't know what can happen. I don't know what can befall me. So there was that fear that was prevalent in the whole, not just in the church, but in the whole city. In the whole city. And you see, if care is not taken, there's every high possibility that the spirit that is prevalent in the city can find its way into the church. So Paul had to write to his son and say, you don't have the spirit of fear. 
He first of all started by telling him how that there was a gift that was placed in him by the laying on of his hands and that he should stir up that gift. Well, I believe that gift refers to the Holy Ghost and the giftings, the graces, the anointings that comes with him, right? That helped Timothy to stand in the office in which he did. So when he was telling stir up, he was talking about the gift of God in the person of the Holy Ghost. Because eventually in verse 7, he now said, for you do not have the spirit of fear. So that means he was talking about the spirit. He said you don't have the spirit of fear. So what kind of spirit do you have? And I'm going to be touching on that a little bit in this conversation. He said you don't have the spirit of fear. You have the spirit that, was, that came on you by the laying on of my hands. And it's not the spirit of fear. It's not the spirit of fear. The spirit of fear is external to the believer. You don't have it. It's external to you. The spirit that you have is the spirit of faith. You see, when I saw in verse 7, Paul said, you don't have the spirit of fear. But then he went ahead to list about three faculties within the Holy Ghost. He said, but the spirit of power, right? Of love, right? And of a sound mind. And I know you've done justice to a number of that. I like to think when I'm reading the Bible, when I looked at that, I felt something was missing in those three points. There was fear. I felt there should have been faith somewhere there. How many people thought like, like, like I thought? I just felt that we can walk faith into it in preaching. You will find a way to rope faith into it. But I just felt Paul should have made a mention of, because fear works just like faith works. In actual fact, it, fear is actually perverted faith. You see, because it's a force of the enemy. And the enemy doesn't have the ability to create. The enemy is not a creator. The devil can create. I need to say that again. The devil cannot create. He is not a creator. He cannot make anything. The devil cannot, he cannot create a child. Mm. Even if your parents went to an idol to get a hold of you. It wasn't the devil that released you. Even if they went to the streams and they say, ah, Ogun Bemi is Ogun that gave us this one. Right? Or if Atsuwambi, you know that kind of thing. It wasn't, the devil does not have the ability to create. So what happened there? They just appeased the devil and he took his hands off. He was the one blocking it all the while. They appeased him in one way or the other and he took his hands off and he went to block something else. It is God. God is the giver of life. The enemy, the Bible makes us understand in John 10, has come to steal, to kill and to destroy. But God has come to give us life and life more abundantly. Has come to give us life and life more abundantly. So the spirit of fear is actually perverted faith. It wasn't a force that the devil created. No. It was the faith of Adam that the devil perverted and made fear. Because the first time we see fear in the Bible was when Adam had eaten of the fruits and God came into the garden. And this time around, he said, Adam, where are you? Adam said, I heard your voice and I was afraid. Because, ah, that's strange. You heard my voice and you were afraid. Now we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10, 11, 17, right? So how does the voice you hear, you hearing the voice of God, give you fear? No, it wasn't the voice of God that gave him fear. It was the voice he heard prior. Because guess the next thing God said? He said, who told you you were naked? That means you had heard something. So 
fear works just like faith works. You have to hear something to impact faith into you. The same thing. You also have to hear something to impact faith into you. It has to come in through the eye gate or the ear gates. The same way faith also has to come in. You'll have to hear or to, or to see something. And the same way that the faith, you know, just trying to tell you how that fear is perverted. It is a force. But that force actually is the force of faith. It's the force of faith. And it's external to the believer. And so when you, when fear comes, the first thing that you need to understand about it is that it's not coming from inside you. It's coming from outside of you. Hence, the first place you will see fear is in your feelings. So that you feel fear does not mean that you are afraid. Because you're not your body. And it's not coming from inside you. You are your spirit. You are residing in your body. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Let's just look at one scripture there. Faith works just like faith. Works just like faith. And it's external to the believer. It's external to the believer. If you are the believing one, you do not have fear. You do not have fear. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 25. It says, do not be afraid of sudden fear. Proverbs 3, 25. Do not be afraid of sudden fear. What does that mean? That means fear can come at you. It's a temptation of the devil that is getting at you so that you can receive it. Because it's not inside you. So it has to come at you from the outside. Are you here? So he says, don't be afraid of fear. <laughs> Do you see that? Don't be afraid of fear. Fear is a spirit. It's an entity. And like Pastor P said in his, in his installment, you see, because the devil has to, he, 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 has to, he has to operate. And before he operates anywhere, he sends a foreigner. That foreigner is fear. Because fear is the door opener to any and all of the operations of the enemy. It's the door opener. So he sends fear every single place. If fear knocks your door, know that it's not really fear. The end goal is not fear. It's something else. The end goal is not fear. The end goal is to bring you into something else. The devil wants to operate. You see, and that's why God was, Jesus was saying John 14, 30. He said the devil has come. The prince of this world has come, but he has found nothing in me. What does that mean? The prince of the world wants to do stuff. But he does not have a foothold in God, in Christ. What fear does is to give the devil a foothold. So Jesus, we said, the prince of the world, he has come. But he, he hasn't found anything in me. He hasn't found a counterpart. Something he can... Is, oh, the, the fear is like a fifth column. Have you ever heard about the fifth column before? Where you destroy a city from within it. You have an X factor within the city. And that is, it is from that X factor that you'll be able to gain entrance. That's how fear works as well. It's, the devil sends it so that when you receive it, then you will be able to operate. But you also need to be able to say that the devil has come and he has found nothing in me. He has found nothing in me. Not even fear. He has found nothing in me. Not even fear. For we do not have the spirit of fear. We do not have the spirit of fear. We do not have the spirit of fear. 
but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. We don't have that spirit. It's a dope now. See, fear will torment. Fear will put you in bondage. Romans 8, 15, it says we've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But we've received the spirit of adoption. What we have, what God has given us is the Holy Ghost. And you see, it's the spirit of boldness and the spirit of faith. It's the spirit of boldness and the spirit of faith. We look through the scriptures and we see how the Lord demonstrates that boldness through the scriptures. You know, Jesus came on the scene and the Pharisees saw him and said, we've never seen a man. Who, who, who speaks like this? He doesn't speak like the scribe. He speaks with such authority. That's some boldness. That's some boldness. The Holy Ghost is a bold spirit. Is a bold spirit. And guess what? That's the same spirit that you have. That's the same spirit that you have. 2 Corinthians 4, 13. He says, we having the same spirit of faith. As it is written, we believe, therefore, that we've spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. You see, the same spirit that walked in Caleb. On the day when they went to check out the, 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 the promised land, they came back with an evil report, the Bible says. But then Caleb, the Bible says, he and Joshua tore his clothes and said, why are you not following God? Why are you going against the commandments of God? Of that whole generation, just Caleb and Joshua were the only two that entered into the promised land. Why? The Bible says they had another spirit. Numbers 14. They had another, another. What another spirit is the spirit of faith and the spirit of boldness. They had that spirit. And you see, spirits can be transferred. That was the spirit they had. That was the spirit David had. And Paul says, we have it too. We have it too. We have it too. So we can demonstrate that spirit the same way these guys also demonstrated it. We can demonstrate it the same way. The very same way. The very same way. The Holy Ghost is not a coward. It's not a coward. When it came on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2, the Bible says they were in one room together when the day of Pentecost was fully come. And suddenly they heard the, 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 the noise of a mighty rushing with filled the whole room. And they appeared unto them, clothing tongues as a fire, sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. Now after all that, verse 14, the people came around. They saw what was going on. And then Peter, the Bible says in verse 14, stood up with the 11 and said, These guys are not drunk as you suppose. You know, Peter didn't stand up and say, Hello guys. And Peter, yeah, I know I denied him, but I just, first of all, want to say I'm really sorry. I, I really didn't mean it. I really didn't mean to deny him. He didn't say that. He didn't say that because I know the spirit that he has. He got, when the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you, the way he expresses himself is not in fear. The Bible says Peter stood up with the eleven. And then he said, ye men of Judea and men of Israel, let it be known to you this day that that which you are seeing was prophesied by the prophet Joel. He says, in the last day I poured my spirit upon all flesh. My sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. Upon my men servants and maid servants. He says, they shall prophesy. I'll show wonders in heaven above, signs in earth beneath. And all that, after he was done, 3,000 people came into the church. Now, that's the spirit of boldness there. And that's the spirit that you are of. I'm trying to show you what you are made of. That's what I'm doing now. I'm trying to give you a picture. Not the Bible. The Bible refers to itself as a mirror. It says, looking into the perfect law of liberty. So, I'm trying to show you who you are. You see, sometimes the reason why people walk in fear is because they don't know sufficiently who they are. If you know who you are and what you are made of, there is another way in which you will demonstrate 
There is another way you will walk the face of the earth as a man that's never been seen before. That's what the Bible calls you. Kairos, Kainos, a new creature altogether. So when that spirit came on Peter, it demonstrated boldness. Demonstrated boldness. Acts 3. They were going in the hour of prayer. Saw the man by the gates called Beautiful, who was laid dead daily, lame from his mother's womb. Peter said, look on us. That's some boldness there. He didn't say, look unto God. So let all of us look on. He said, look, that's some, that's some infantry. Look on us. The Bible says he looked at them, expecting to receive something. He said, silver or gold have I know. He says, but what I have, I give unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. The guy was still looking. The Bible says Peter got a hold of him. And what, what do you mean by that? I said, rise up. See, that's boldness there. That's what the Holy Ghost will do. That's what the Holy Ghost will do. And that's the same Holy Ghost that you have. That's the same Holy Ghost that you have. That's the same Holy Ghost that you have. That's what you have. That's what you have. They got a hold of Peter and John. Put them in prison. They brought the whole Sahendrin and all that to challenge them. By what name do you do all this? How come you are doing all of this? And the Bible says in Acts 4.8, he said, when Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke, and he began just reeling off and reeling off and reeling off. In verse 13, they said, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were learned and untrained men, said they knew that they had been with Jesus. He's the only person that has demonstrated this kind of thing before. Is only Jesus. He's the only one that has demonstrated it. So if you see it in any other person, it's because something of his DNA is in those people. I don't know how many people have that same DNA, but I know I do. I do. And I know you also do. You do. It's the spirit of faith. It's the spirit of boldness. That's what it is. They perceive that boldness in Peter and in John. They spoke to them in verse 23 of chapter 4. He said, when they left the high priest, went to their own complaint, reported all that the chief priest had said unto them. So they lifted up their voice and said, Lord, thou art God, who has made the heavens and the earth and all the sea and all that in them is, who said by the mouth of your servant David, why do the people range and imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth stood up, rulers gathered together against your Lord and your Holy One, your Christ. For to do whatsoever your hand had predetermined to be done. He said, now, verse 29, now, Lord, look on their threatenings. Guess the prayer. And grant unto thy servants that with all boldness we may preach your word. By the shedding forth of your hands to heal. That signs and wonders may be done by the name of your holy child, Jesus. The Bible says even when they prayed, the place we were praying felt the prayer. Why? The Holy Ghost filled them again. They were filled and the Bible says they went out with great power, gave witness to the resurrection of Christ, and great grace was upon them. That was boldness. In chapter 5, was now when you saw Peter, Peter's shadow healing people. What was that? He was walking in that same spirit. He was walking in that same spirit. It's the spirit of boldness. The spirit we have is bold. The mandate we have is a bold one. Before Jesus went up, Matthew 28, Mark 6, he said, go ye into the world. If all of us said, all power. An authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. He says, therefore, go. It, 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 see, see, the tone in which he said it, I wasn't there, but I could guess the tone. Because you can't be talking of power and say, oh, power. Oh, oh boy. Hell, you go no. But last, last, we have all power. Go. Even you say, oh, God, we can't go. If this is how you are doing it, we can't, we will stay. He said, all power is given unto me. He said, go. Go. 
Go and disciple all nations. Go and disciple all nations, baptizing them. You know, that's the, that's the verse of scripture upon which this ministry is founded. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. It says, and lo, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Said the same thing in Mark 16. It says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That mandate is a bold one. You can't carry it out with any, with a mealy mouth spirit. You can't. You have the spirit of faith. You have the spirit of faith. Not the spirit of fear. Not the spirit of fear. You see, because what fear will do is to limit your expression. It's to cause every ounce of energy within you to, be, to keep on ebbing out. That's what it does. It says we've not received the spirit of bondage to fear. So fear puts in bondage. That's the prison. The enemy's prison is fear. And that's why the, the, the way, the antidote to it is faith. It's the teaching of the word. Jesus will say in Isaiah, quoted again in Luke, that the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me. Listen to what he has anointed him to do. To preach good tidings to the poor. To heal the brokenhearted. He says to proclaim liberty to them who are in prison. To proclaim liberty. If you are in prison, you need a prison break. The scripture should have said to break all the prison. He said no, to proclaim liberty. Because the proclamation of the word of God is sufficient enough to break the prison. The highest kind of deliverance is not, hey, fall down. No, no. The highest kind of deliverance is what we are doing here today. It's the proclamation of liberty. America got it from the Bible. It's the proclamation of the word of God. Because fear will keep you it, it, it will do what it did to Gideon. Threshing wine where you are supposed to be doing wheat. So that people will not see the Midianites will not see. It will put in bondage. It will put in bondage. It will cave you. It will limit your expression. With fear, you can't go further in your purpose. You can't. You won't be able to go further in your purpose and what God has for you. And that's why, like Timothy, you'll have to stir up the gift that is in you. Because it's a spirit. And you see, sometimes you will have to say to fear, I rebuke you. You see, because it's a spirit. You don't just logically say, okay, it's a spirit. You don't deal with spirit logically. You rebuke it. He says, don't be afraid of sudden fear. Don't be afraid of it. So you, you will have to speak to it. That was what, you know, Job, the place where Job was, is in Job, Job, Job 3. The Bible said, Job said it by himself. He said, all these things, they've come on me just for one reason. I feared them the most. What I feared the most, what I feared the most is now upon me, has come upon me. So fear, it will attract things to you. The same way faith can attract things, is the same way fear will also attract the counterparts. It will repel all manner of favor and blessing, and it will attract darkness. The same way faith will attract all manner of angelic visitations, miracles, and all that, is the same way fear will. Isaiah 54, 14, it says, In righteousness shall be established, and you shall be far from oppression, for you will not fear. Let me see that. 
Isaiah 54, 14. You will be far from oppression. Why would you be far from oppression? For you will not fear and from terror, for it shall not come near you. So, look, even if oppression is by your doorstep, you see, because fear is a foreigner, if you stop it in its tracks, you will stop the oppression around. You will stop the oppression around. So when fear comes, don't, don't because you feel fear, say I'm afraid. No, you are not because you don't have it. To say that, ah, oh, I'm afraid because you are feeling, you see, because it's the natural response of the natural, of the man, of the, of the body to feel that. Do you understand? But you have to let your spirit, that which is within, to gain ascendancy over your body. So when you feel it, don't take it. Don't take it. When the thought comes, don't take it. How do you take it? By your words. Matthew, when the, Jesus was explaining how to live by faith, he said, take no thought, saying. Take no thought, saying. The way you take a thought is by saying it. So even when the thought comes, don't voice it out. Thoughts that are unvoiced remain dead and they lack operative power. So when the thought comes, you rebuke it and say, no, you don't counterpart a thought with another thought. No, that's not the way you do it. The devil brings a thought to you and says, mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. No, you don't use a thought to overwhelm another thought. The way you superimpose on another thought is by speaking out loud. That's the way you do it. The way you cast down imagination, because once fear comes and you allow it a foothold, the devil will make it a stronghold. So when fear comes, whether in thought or by anything, once you feel that, say, no, I refuse to be afraid. I refuse to. You know what that does? It stops the oppression of the enemy right there. Right there. You can't stop fear from coming to your door. It will come. But you can permit it whether to enter or not to. It will come. It comes at the doorstep of every, as long as you're in this world. See, because the, the, the law of the spirit of, of sin and death is over the oppressions of this world. Right? So in order to kickstart another law, the law of life in Christ Jesus, you will have to voice it out. You will have to voice it out. I refuse to be afraid concerning this. Say, but I'm still feeling it. Leave feeling. Don't worry. Keep affirming what you have within. As you affirm what you have within, you give it energy. Romans, Proverbs 18, 8. says a very interesting thing there that I want to point out. Proverbs 18, 8. It says the words of, um, can you help me? The words of a talebearer are as wounds. See what they do. It says they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. The second part is really what I want to zoom in on. It goes, what goes down into the innermost part of the belly? Words. 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 So the primary way to stir up the gift of God inside you is by sending words downward. The words of a talebearer that will cause wounds. Why? Because they go down. So your words have the capacity to go down and they have the capacity to go up. But they have to go down first to stir up. The reason why many people don't see the effect of that confession, you know why? Because it hasn't gone down first. Your words have to go down first. Before it comes up first. Romans, Romans 10. Let's see that again. 
How do we get saved? Romans 10 tells us how to get saved. If you believe in your heart, right? Say with your mouth. So the righteousness of faith. Speaketh not in these wise and all that. Let's read from verse, from verse 6. The righteousness of faith speaketh in this way. Do not say in your heart. Who shall ascend up to heaven to bring Christ from above? That is to bring Christ from above. Who shall descend to the base, to, the, to hell, to bring Christ up from the dead? He says, but what does he say? The word is near you. In your mouth and then in your heart. Notice that transaction. In your mouth first, then in your heart. Right? He says, that is the word of faith that we preach. That if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, right, and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. For with the heart man believes, and with the mouth confession is made. So there are two types. There is a confession that goes from mouth to heart. And there's a confession that comes from heart to mouth. The confession that goes from mouth to heart is to stir up what is within you. So that when he comes back, once you are fully set up and it comes out, it comes with a bullet. When you confess without believing, all you are doing is releasing blanks. You are releasing, but it won't have much effect. Because the, what that confession will be doing is refining what is within you. It's refining what is within you. Until it is properly stirred up, it won't, be, it won't have the effect that it should upon things. So your words have to go down first in staring up that gift. In staring up that gift. Are we still together here? Has to go up first in staring up the gift. So do not allow fear to attract what it shouldn't. Stop it in its tracks. Stop it right there. Because the moment you receive it, you, you open the door. And leave it for all manner of devices and all manner of operations that the devil has. So within us, we do not have the ability to fear. Our spirits cannot produce fear. It can't. It can receive it. It can be oppressed by it. But it can't produce it. It can't produce it. So anytime you find it to yourself, like Pastor Damien preached about garments, right? You are wearing another man's garments. And you had better drop it as fast as you could. Drop it as fast as you could. There are three areas in which we have to exercise the spirit of boldness and the spirit of faith. Three major areas. The first is boldness toward God. The spirit that we have is boldness toward God. You need to be able to exercise boldness in your relationship with God. You need to be able to exercise boldness in your relationship with God. First John chapter 3 makes us understand if you could, if you, if you could look at it. First John chapter 3. The Bible says from verse 20, if our hearts condemn us. He said God is greater than our hearts and knows all things. He says but if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God. So there is a level of confidence that we need to sustain toward God. Why? You see, because you need to know God as your father. You cannot be scared of, the, of God. That level of, of faith toward God is what gives you boldness to come in and to pray. Ephesians 3.12, it says that we've been given boldness and access 
boldness to do what? To come into the throne of grace. Even the Bible says in, in Hebrews 4.16, to come before the throne of grace with what? Boldly, with boldness. Every time I look at that scripture, I'm always surprised. You are coming to ask for mercy. What you've been taught is that you don't, you don't come boldly to ask for mercy. Remember when you broke one, one of your mommy's favorite plates? You just hide yourself even when they come. But God is saying even when you've done wrong and what you need is mercy. He says, "Seek come boldly. Who does that? Say, God, I, I've just come. I, I need mercy. I just, I just did wrong now. But I, I just, just come by. He said, come boldly. You see, because if you are not able to sustain that level of boldness toward God, you won't be able to work out that same thing on earth. You won't be able to work out that same thing on earth. Because if you are bold about who God is to you, the Bible says in Romans 4, verse 25, that he was crucified for our offenses and was raised up for our justification. A better transition actually is that he was raised up when we were made righteous and when we were made just. And then he goes ahead in chapter 5, verse 1, to say that having been justified by faith, he says now we have peace with God. You have peace with God. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. By whom you also have access into this grace wherein you stand. You see, so you need to demonstrate and know for a certainty that God is my father. He said, what manner of love the Lord has shown towards us. That we should be called the sons of God. So we are his sons. We are his beloved. And we need to demonstrate that fact. You need to demonstrate that fact in prayer. I don't just pray for the sake of it. When I pray, things happen. If you don't want it, don't tell me to pray about it. Because you're going to get it. Why? I have boldness toward God. This is the confidence that we have. That if you ask anything according to his will, he hears. If one Elijah could command rain to stop falling in the whole of Israel. I'm not against the prayer of agreement and the prayer of, you know, joint prayer and all that. Because the Bible speaks of it. But see, there is a way you can engage in the prayer of agreement because you don't believe in your own ability to make it happen. It, is, it still won't work. Say, join me in prayer. Join me in prayer. Agree with me. We, we can't be agreeable. We are not even agreeable. Because I will be in faith. You won't. You are still the issue. And the prayer still wouldn't be done. So there's no agreement there. anything against agreement but make sure that you know your stuff you know what you're doing if one Elijah could command rain to stop in the whole city and then he commanded it again and he came what kind of man is that now that's boldness toward God that's boldness toward God says the prayer of a righteous man Makes effectual power available. Dynamic in its working. That's boldness toward God. That's boldness toward God. The ability to see, know to it that when I study, when I'm in fellowship with the Lord, something happens. See, time spent with God is not time wasted. It's time invested. Elijah told Ahab, ride upon your chariot and start going. And then Elijah went to pray. The king has had the best chariot because he was the king. He must have had the best, the fastest, the, 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 the all, all of all about it. <laughs> and he was on the race. Elijah went to pray. Called the servant to go check seven times, whatever the period that was, I don't know. 
And then afterward, the Bible says the hand of the Lord came on Elijah. And he outran the chariot of Ahab that has gone to Petipe. See, time with God. Time with God is not wasted time. It is invested time. You see, because what you get from that place of prayer, when it comes on you, you will outrun the chariot that have gone ahead. You will outrun the chariot of God. Exercising boldness in the place of fellowship with God. In the place of fellowship with God. Is the lack of boldness toward God that will make you, every single time, everybody around you is falling sick. And you've never one for one said, let me even try this healing thing. It's like, you don't, you don't know your stuff. You don't know your stuff. Or something is happening. And the first, you have just a, a very naughty situation around. And the first thing that comes to your mind is, ah, let me call Pastor Dami. Nothing wrong with it. If everybody calls Pastor Dami like that, what will Pastor Dami be doing? He's not, cost, he's not your customer service representative. Boldness toward God. You have the same level of access Pidams has. The same level of access. Same level of access. God didn't give him one righteousness and he gave you another one. Said, ah, sorry. It's China one will give you now. <laughs> but it will still do something. But Tobatini Lati Ope, Colobab Pidams. No. Boldness toward God. The second place we need to demonstrate boldness is boldness right here on earth to prosecute your assignment. To prosecute your assignment. To carry on God's call over you. To carry on the call of God over you. You need boldness to do that. And that was why Paul had to speak to Timothy. To tell him that, look, don't fear. You see, because fear will make a mess of your ministry. It will make a mess of your ministry. You have to tell him that you can't be afraid. Because if you are, you won't be able to make full proof of what you have as a ministry. When Jesus said the works that I did here on earth, you will do the same. And even greater works than this, you will do. What do you think he was talking about? So there is a level of boldness that you need to be able to carry on that assignment that you have. God tells you to start a business. When everybody's jacked by Nigeria, what kind of business is that? You need boldness to do that. You need boldness to do that. You need boldness to marry a wife. What you need is not money. It's boldness. I'll stay on that toe. I'll press it. What you need is not money. Ask pastor. Ask pastor. What does that what's on what you need? Many times what we lack is not really the absence of stuff. What many believers are aware of is what they don't have. Peter said, silver or gold have I not. That's why many, many believers stop. They tell us what they don't have. But hey, excuse me, you have some other stuff. Peter didn't just say, Billy, see for God, have I known? Ah, oh, I just wanted to tell you that. And he will leave. Even the guy who carries on and you're telling me to look on you. What kind of nonsense is that? He said, but what I have. You need to know how to use what you have to secure what you don't. You need to know how to do that. 
So you need a level of boldness to do what you ought to do here. Here. You need boldness to be able to go sometimes to your boss. I said, you know what? I need an increase in salary. I've been here for four years. This is what I've done. This is what I've done. You see, but the thing, notice where we started from. Boldness toward God first. That will embolden you here on earth to do what he will have to do. Mark 3, Jesus said he called his disciples to himself first to be with him and that he may send them forth. If you've not been with him to take off his spirit, you won't be able to exercise that same boldness here on earth in doing what he has sent you to do. You need to be able to go to your boss and say, look, it's, it's, it's time. The reason why sometimes you are being cheated is because you don't have the boldness to say something. You, don't, you cannot just carry that boldness. And, and you know why that is? It's still because you don't have boldness toward God. You don't know who you are. You don't know who you are. If you knew... Have you read the book of Joshua? We are treating that in our, in our church in the midweek session. Joshua Judges talks about how the Israelites, you know, just took a hold of their inheritance. There were this tribe that had... Four girls. And in Jewish culture, you don't give inheritances to the lady, to the female, only the man. But this guy only had four ladies. Guess what? The four ladies carried themselves and came to Moses and said, Look, our father does not have any guy. But that doesn't mean that his inheritance will fly over our heads. We want our inheritance. Moses said that one is not inside the law. They had to, Moses had to go back and say, God, this girl said they want in it. How do we do? And God said, God on their behalf changed the not that change, added to the law. Because you know it's the law. The spirit of it is different. God had to, in a way, change the law on behalf of some bold four women. You are dreaming too small. Some of your inheritances, the reason why you haven't received them is because you have not yet been exercising that same spirit. Paul said, we have that same spirit. We, 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 we. And he was speaking to the Corinthian church. A bunch of carnal folks. You are more spiritual than the Corinthian church. If they could have it, you have it even much more. Ask for what is yours. Ask for what is yours. The third place where we need to demonstrate boldness is toward the devil. It's toward the devil. You need to be able to exercise boldness toward the devil. Toward the devil. You need to be able to challenge oppression. Stuff's been going on in your house for long. Been going on in your house for long. Been going on in your house for long. I seem to have an impression in my heart about someone who has an issue in the family with childbearing. And that fear has been on you for a bit. That fear has been on you for a bit. That fear of you're not going to have a child, you're not going to have a child, you're not going to have a child. Who is that person? If I don't see any hand, I'm just going to move on. 
that sense of you're not going to have a child. Just speaking toward your family. Speaking toward your family. I just seem to have that impression. But I'm just going to move on. Now, whatever it is, you need to have the ability to speak into your household. And call the shots. God is not just interested in just you. God is into families. He's into families. He took, takes the solitary and sets them in families. He says, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Family in heaven and on earth. Family in heaven and on earth. So he's into families. He's not just interested. The reason why we are the first person to get born again is not just to be happy that we are born again. You need to bring your whole clan into it. And you won't be able to do that except you are able to exercise boldness toward the devil. To talk to him. I wasn't going to do this. But I'll still do it nonetheless. I told myself I wasn't going to. But permit me to still do it. There was a vision Kenneth Hagin had. And in the vision, he saw the Lord Jesus. God was talking to him. You must have heard this story. And they appeared with, between him and the Lord, an evil spirit. Like a monkey. Just jumping up and down, jumping up and down, making the noise. Jumping and making the noise. And while that was going on, Kenneth was like, I can't hear God. I can't hear him. I need, I need what was going on. I can't hear. And he was just getting frustrated. Why, why can't he just tell this thing to just get out of the way? What's this? You know? And this, this is a vision. And he was just wondering in his heart, what is this now? God should just tell this thing to disappear. Out of frustration, he just spoke to the, to the spirit. Take authority over you in the name of Jesus. And the thing just hit the floor. While that was going on, you know, making the noise, it was also producing a cloud. So not only could he not hear the Lord, he could not even see. So as soon as he said that, the spirit just fell out and everything cleared. And the Lord Jesus told him that if you did not do that, I couldn't have done it. And I think he said, I'm, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm, I didn't hear you quite, quite right. Did you say you couldn't have or you wouldn't have he said if you had not done anything about it i couldn't have done anything he said lord i'm sorry i still have I, perhaps i have some hearing stuff did you say you couldn't or you wouldn't he said i would i, I couldn't he said i've never seen anything like that in the bible you'll have to confirm to me from the bible that that's what you're just saying what will you mean you couldn't are you not god He said he thought the Lord Jesus was going to go into frown at him that I'm telling you, you are still telling me to go back to the Bible. What kind of new nonsense is that? He said, and the Lord Jesus just smiled so sweetly and said to him, him being a scripture person, he said, at least you give me three witnesses. Because in the mouth of two, three, and three witnesses. So he went for the upper limit. You have to give me three. Jesus said, I will give you four. He said, the first witness is me. He said, I'm the first witness. Matthew 28, Mark 16. I said, all power and authority has been given unto me. And then I turned right back to the church and handed it over to the church. I said, go. 
When I received the power and the authority, I didn't take it to heaven with me. I left it with the church. If you are not going to do anything about it, I can't. Because the authority is with you. He said, okay. He said, then, the next witness is Peter. Peter said, be sober, be vigilant. For I advise the devil, goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom to devour. Who resists steadfast in your faith? Said, notice, Peter said, resist the devil. The reason you can resist the devil is because you have authority over him. In Mark 16, you know the Bible says, you know, authority is going to all the world, preach the gospel. And then it says, these signs shall follow them. In my name shall they cast out devils. Many times you are looking for devil to, you are looking for physical devil. That could happen if you have a manifestation of discerning of spirits. But even without that, you can see patterns. When you see patterns, what do you do? You see, the reason why we say many times that there are no generational curses, is not really that there are no generational curses. You see, patterns could happen. The devil is the god of this world. He can make things happen. It's because we are saying that you have the ability to challenge such patterns. You have the ability to speak to such patterns. And say, no, not in this place. You have come this far, but no further. I'm not going any further than here. The next witness was James. Same thing, submit yourself to the hand of the Lord. James 4, 7. Resist the devil and he shall flee. And then he gave him Paul. Ephesians 4. He says, give no place to the devil. If you can give place to the devil, it means you have the ability to either stop the place or open up the place. Exercising authority towards the devil. Very quickly. Let's look at one more thing and then I'll be, I'll be out of your faces. Are you getting blessed this morning? I want to speak to, very quickly, how to maintain the spirit of boldness. How to demonstrate and to maintain the spirit of boldness. How to demonstrate it. How, how do we go about this? You've been talking about the spirit of boldness, told us the different places to, to, to express that, told us about the Holy Ghost. So how, how do we do all, how do we do this? How do we do this? How do we do this? How do we maintain it? Because it can be maintained. And the, spirit, the, the, the effect of the spirit of boldness upon you can wane. You see, that's why Paul will tell Timothy, you don't have it. Because he was beginning to wane. So he told him, no, you don't have this. So that you can... Up it a little bit. So that you can refuel it. Don't just be buying chicken in public's refuel. Refuel your one that you have. <laughs> so how do we maintain it? Because it needs, it needs to be maintained. That you demonstrated it today does not mean and guarantee that five years down the line you will still be at that cutting edge. Life will always happen. Jesus faced temptation with the devil. The Bible says after the whole thing that the devil left him for a while. The devil is consistent and steadfast. You ought to be at least be able to beat him at, his, at that game. 
and be at the cutting edge every single time. So that every time he comes, he meets that same fuel inside you. Topped up. Steered up. It can be maintained. We see Peter demonstrating that boldness. This so for Acts 4.13. They saw the boldness. But then again, Acts 4, same chapter. They went again, and what happened? The Bible says they prayed again for boldness. But you have it. Why pray for it? Because it can and should be maintained. Should be maintained. Two major things that we need in maintaining the spirit of boldness. One is the strength of your conviction. The strength of your conviction. Let's go to Acts 4. We've been talking about that chapter for a bit. So let's go to it and just see something very important. This was the response of Peter to the Sandrine and all that. From verse 8, Acts 4. He says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel. He says, If we this day be judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he had been made well? See, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God had raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you all. Let's jump all that and go to verse 19. Just cut some verses. Verse 19. He says, But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Do you see that? We cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. What does that mean? They had a strong conviction of what they had. We cannot but speak the things that we've seen and the things that we've heard. The strength of your faith. I was listening to a clip by pastor the other time talking about how faith can increase. Right? It does increase and should increase. The strength of your conviction. See, conviction is what will make you look at a whole city of giants and say they are bred to us. Natural people can, you can't just say that. You must know something to be able to voice that. You must know something to be able to demonstrate that level of awareness, faith, and boldness. You must know something. Nobody goes to Pharaoh sitting at the helm of affairs of the strongest system in the world at the time and say, let my people go. Ah! Either you are even in the palace, you war. Or you, you ran away. I'm sorry if you must have seen Moses like, ah, hey, from where to where? And then Moses said, no, I'm, not, I'm not here for, he's not a courtesy visitor. I'm here on the command of the Lord. Let my people go. Ah. I'm sure Pharaoh will just for, for be like, what was wrong with this? Who are, what was wrong with this guy? Go to your room. What he did wasn't good, but you can go, still go to your room. But the Moses that was in the palace isn't the same Moses that just arrived. One has a stronger conviction. One has a stronger conviction. 
Acts 20, 26. Oh, there. Let's look at Acts 26. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Ego paragadimanash. Farubadina Shikaba Mandelebe Coriander Firo Sufi de Bringenes. Oh, Redisiba Dambras. Can we just talk in tongues a little bit? Oh, Vanesudo Balama Shege de Veluso Parigenomos Menene Prevesicale Fredubos Alaman de Le Morogoton do Borogodobos Evetsuso Valaman de Resketele Brindobos Covranante Kelebos. Ora da da di ezeketele berabomondo fridus. Linde beshe ketende rebe di ezeke ferrega dilibas. Mande berebe begede ferrebe begede bedesh. Rudo boko tomba ragadi de begede bedesh. Rove de 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 kelete kete palabagata bagash. Roboko fosoko boroboko boko 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 paras. Hallelujah. Acts 26, are we there? From verse 1. We know all this was Paul before Agrippa, right? You know, when he was going through, we had seen Festus and all that. So he was going to stand before Agrippa. He was already in prison. He was coming to, you know, tell of, because Festus could not, Festus was just, was taken aback at the several things Paul was saying. So he called another king to just hear him out and to advise him, what should I do with this guy? So he was, he was placed before Agrippa. They brought him in. Verse chapter 26. He said, then Agrippa said to Paul, you are permitted to speak for yourself. Then Paul stretched forth his hand. Man of God. Stretched forth his hand and answered for himself. Verse 2. He says, I think myself happy. You understand? A prisoner. They are bringing you from prison. And you are most, in all, ten, all, all likelihood, you are going back to that same prison. They are just giving you the opportunity to convince another king. Perhaps you will be released. Here's the next thing he said. He said, I think I'm very happy for this moment. Happy for what? <laughs> happy for what? I checked some other transitions. And one transition says, I have been celebrating since I heard I'm going to talk to you. Ah! <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just thinking of my... And one transition said, I think myself fortunate for this, for this opportunity to talk to you. I think myself happy. And then Paul went on and on and on of how we met the Lord, how we did that and all that. Come with me to what verse? <laughs> he just went on and on. Two verse. Let's just jump a few verses there. Because it's a long thing. Said a whole lot. Then verse... Verse 24, after Paul had gone on and on, verse 24, he says, now, as he thus made his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, he said, Paul, you are mad. For much learning is driving you mad. You are beside yourself. You are crazy. And he went, he said, but he said, I'm not mad. He said, I'm not mad, oh, noble Festus. And speak the word of truth and reason. And then in verse 28, we don't have time to go through all of this. Verse 28, Agrippa now said to Paul, he said, you almost persuaded me to become a Christian. 
Paul wasn't intending to go and win souls. What you do deliberately, Paul was doing it mistakenly. It was winning souls by mistake. He said, you persuaded me to be a Christian. Yeah, what's that one? You are persuaded. You are a guy you have already believed. I persuaded you to be a Christian. How can Paul do that, what, what he did? Conviction. Conviction. The strength of his belief. The strength of his belief. See, that is what we need to strengthen. That belief. Faith, actually, is like a coin with two sides. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing and by, by the word of God, right? But really, what, what we receive in the hearing of the word is the capacity to believe, is, is your belief system. It's your conviction that is strengthened. Faith is what you do as a result of what you believe. Faith is an act. You see, it's an act. It's an act. So faith really, and that's why James came and said, look, if you want to show me your faith, you'll have to show me what are you doing. Because we are not talking about faith outside of your belief. If all you do is believe, you are not any better than the devil because he also does. The Bible says they believe and they also they even tremble. You, you believe and I stand on your feet. So if all you do is, ah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Hey, that's not what we're talking about. You need to know to the point that you can act. That's what they're talking about. You need to know to the point that you can take a step on the basis and on the strength of the conviction that you have. If you cannot take a step on that thing that you know, you are not yet in faith. Christiana. Wow. Sorry, you look like someone from church that's supposed to be in Abuja. So I'm like, ah, what's going on here? The lady was like, what's happening? The strength of your conviction. Strength of your conviction. That's what faith is. So, Colossians 1.17, 3.17. It says, whatever you do in word and in deed. You see, because that's, exact, that's really the faith that we're talking about. You believed in your heart. You didn't just believe and say, I'm a Christian. You spoke. That was the action. You see, because speaking is the primary and initial act of your faith. You see, it's not the only but it's the initial one. If you believe, you will have to speak. And then Colossians 3.17, whatsoever you do in word and in deed, in word. So when you are speaking, you're also doing. You see, you're not just a medical doctor. You are first of all a speaker. And if you speak well, you will doctorize. Bad English, good gospel. Because you have to make sure your English is right. I'm standing before. If you know, you know. <laughs> the strength of your conviction. That I believe, I believe, I believe that I believe that Jesus is Lord. But you've, it has never slipped out of your mouth that He's Lord. I believe that we should give. Oh, ah, points now. We know what we are doing. We, we should read. You can exhort a brother on giving. You will exhort a brother and will drop five million straight. But you, no, five naira has not dropped from your pocket. You don't believe. You don't believe. You don't believe. 
What you have is just reasoning and mental accents. You don't believe. But believe that uh, we, we, we need to give. But you haven't given. We believe you should honor your pastor. Ah, pastor. You should honor the pastor. I mean, pastor, that means call me. Uh, we are honorable in this house. But we can see through all of this, your facade. You're not honoring them. You don't believe. Because the way we know that you believe is that you will do. So conviction. Your strength. The Bible says that the, the, the faith of Abraham is it when he was fully persuaded. Romans 4. He was fully. So that means it's possible that at some point he was, he was persuaded, but not fully. That was why God will have to tell him in Genesis 17. Say, walk before me and meet up. He was, he, he knew. Yeah, you have been talking to me about this song. Yes. But then in chapter 15, God came to me. I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. He said, oh, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. But see this Elijah that in my house. Let him, you don't, you are not yet convinced. You need to stay there until the strength of your conviction will cause you to act. Don't be a boat sitter. Be a water walker. Don't stay in the boat and say, you know, the Lord told me to come out of the boat. Woo! Hallelujah. Man, I'm coming out of the boat. One year. Woo! We are coming out of this boat. This boat cannot contain us. Two years. Woo! Glory. What a, what a manifestation of power. Ah, we are coming out of this boat. Three years. We are still in the boat. Come out, your God. Come out. Step on the water. Yeah. I will marry, I will marry, I will marry. As I'm leaving school, I will marry. You left school, I have two years after this school, I will marry. You left, when I get a job, I will marry. You have gotten a job, ah. Oh, konikbaide, konikbaide. <laughs> Step out. Strength of conviction. Strength of conviction. Your conviction needs to be, in summarily, three areas. One is who you are to God. What the word of the Lord says about you, you need to know that. What does God's word say about you? Who are you? You need your conviction. See, there are many things we can study in the Bible. There are some things that you need to constantly renew your mind on. Constantly. Because they are directly involved in your boldness. And one of it. Is what the Bible, what the word of God says about you. What does it, who are you? What the word of God says you are. You need to strengthen your conviction in that. You need to strengthen your conviction in what the word of God says you have. And you need to strengthen your conviction in what the word of God says you can do. In those three areas, you need to strengthen your conviction there. 2 Corinthians 6. The Bible says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. It says, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? It says, what communion hath light with darkness? He said, what part hath a believer with an unbeliever? What concord hath Christ with Belial? What? Notice the Bible says there. Go back to verse 14. It says, what fellowship other righteousness? The Bible calls you righteousness. This is the naming ceremony of the believer. He calls you righteousness. 
He said, what communion had light? He calls you light. He said, what concord had Christ? He calls you Christ. He calls you Christ. He calls you the temple of God. As it is said, I'll live in them. I'll walk in them. I'll be their God. They will be my people. That's what the word of God calls you. Righteousness. You know what righteousness is? You have the very same standing that the Lord Jesus has before the Father. The same standing. The same standing. That's who you are. What do you have? You have the authority in Christ Jesus. Didn't you hear Peter? He says, what we have? What do you have? The name of is a having. You will have it. That speaks of authority because the name of Jesus is the staff of our authority. And then what can you do? All things. Matthew 19, 26 talks about how with God all things are possible. But Mark 9, 23 also says all things are possible to him that believeth. You see, many times we are quick to say all things are possible to God. And yes, they are. But all things are possible to you as well. That's, what can you do? There's nothing that you can do. Pastor is not here that we call, can do all things. And that's the truth of the matter. There shouldn't be a word called impossible in your dictionary. Shouldn't be a word. And lastly, the second way to strengthen and maintain the spirit of boldness by stirring up the gift of the Holy Ghost. By being filled, staying full of the Holy Ghost. Staying full of the Spirit. Staying full of the Spirit. Staying full of the Spirit. Ephesians 5 says, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be continually filled with the Holy Ghost. Continually filled. How do you get continually filled? It's a cycle. The more you speak, the more you get filled. When you are filled, you will speak. And when you speak, you get a little more filled. It's an unending cycle that goes round and round. Because when the disciples were filled, first of all, in Acts 2, what did they do? They began to speak. Chapter 4, they were filled again. What did they do? They began to speak. Just talking in tongues. Just talking in tongues. Talking in tongues. You maintain it there. You maintain it there. You wouldn't know when things will happen unto you. And something will just come out of you. Mark 11, that's scripture, 22, 24. When Jesus spoke to the fig tree. Jesus wasn't trying, he wasn't trying to do a faith seminar. He wasn't trying to show to the disciples that this is how you speak to a fig tree. He was hungry. The Bible says he was hungry, saw a fig tree afar off, and he thought that, oh, this thing will have fruits. And he got there and he didn't say anything. And he said, no man, eat fruit of it after. It just came out of him. Why? He was full of it. It was Peter that now said, ah, this thing that you cost, it's already without a will. It was on the basis of what Peter said that Jesus now started saying, okay, I have the God kind of faith. And this. He wasn't planning to do all that. It was just man. It was just being him. It was just being him. That's how it happens. Things should just happen. And because you are stuffed, because you are stirred up, you won't even need to think about it. What comes out of you while you are under pressure tells us what you are full of. Tells us what you are full of. Can we rise to our feet this morning? And just begin to pray in other tongues. 
Sifa ruba ninte sigavanas. Bose belemende rebeke de debes. Arose gebebe rebedebes. Marabaki souvenete velemeno baragadas. Sivele parademongoro bokolo venenengelebos. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Seferadini mukurialadas. Meregedevenonzoko paradivise lomberegedes. Retovondo corrigues cafre genendres kelo brunda vasa. Velemerodubea sidiba ambaragadamanas. Manante corobo bokotova ragaliso panas. Redebelemen, come on. It's time to stir up. It's time to stir up. Rizum bruvalo zoko frendedi seferetus. Menevre dibile membri visgobolomon vregas. Velebere bamando siviniman sivinon se velai. Neneni sudo velamimando siva manan. Sevelanandi sinundo roponon suvininaya. Iba manana e suvinanana yade. E sevele manunon sevele manunon sevalanaya. Felemaronun siva mananana de Ye yo sava bana ma savinona ya de Mananana na la man sikebele manos Venemanu o sivima Ye valana no suvina ye yesunonos Leveretinon susovu vade yesonasa I'm walking in your freedom. Oh, I'm walking in your freedom. Yeah, I'm walking in your freedom. Yeah, for the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm walking in your freedom. Yes. I'm walking in your freedom, Veratininos. I'm walking in your freedom, yes. For the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm walking in your freedom, Shepanatas. Walking in your freedom, Rekatebenes. You are walking in his freedom for the spirit of the Lord. This is upon me. I'm walking in your freedom. Walking in your freedom. I'm walking in your freedom. For the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm walking in your freedom. 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 Oh, for the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm walking in your freedom. I love I'm walking in your freedom. I'm walking in your freedom. I'm walking in your freedom. For the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I'm walking in your freedom. 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 For the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Your freedom. Thank you, Father. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Thank you for liberty and thank you for a stirring up of the hearts of the people. 
We give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what a word. For more messages, connect with our tribesmen across all social media platforms at Park Point Tribe.